Well, hello, and welcome to Busy Brain. I'm your host, Xander, and this is your one-stop pod for just about every topic you've probably ever thought of. In today's episode, I'm so excited that I finally get to blend my two loves of life, this podcast and makeup. We're going to be discussing queer entrepreneurship and what it takes to build a business from the ground up. I have a very incredible guest with me today who's going to let us in on some of their best tips on starting a business and take us along on their journey in the cosmetic industry. So, Jean-Luc, please introduce yourself to the listeners. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Jean-Luc. I am a Toronto-based makeup enthusiast, and I also own my own brand, Jean-Luc Cosmetics, um, that I started a few months ago, and it has been a wild journey. <laughs> it's been amazing to watch, and I'm very excited to get to like know your journey and your what what brought you to this point because i just i found you once your brand was like coming up to launch Mm -hmm. um so i'm very excited to get to know everything i'm just this is why i started this podcast i'm just nosy i just want to know everything about everyone honestly i don't Um, blame you i would have started one as well because i'm (laughs) just as nosy you just beat me to punch so (laughs) exactly there you go um so i guess first question is like what got you into cosmetics where did your love for makeup come from yeah, honestly, it, surprisingly, it was a really long time ago, and I hadn't really started doing anything with it until a few years ago. Um, but I remember when I was, like, finishing, or, like, still in university, I had stumbled upon randomly a video of Nikki Tutorials. We all know our queen, Love. Miss Nikki. Yeah. And I honestly, I spent, like, a good, like, three days binge-watching all of her videos, and I was like, where did this come from? I had never even thought of makeup as a creative outlet or something that I would enjoy, Like, I feel like my story is so boring because, like, most people are like, I grew up playing with my mom's makeup. And it's like, (laughs) it just never occurred to me until I, like, saw her videos. And then I was hooked. I was like, I need to try this. Mm -hmm. I need to start getting into it. Um, But I I honestly didn't do anything with it for a few years after. Mostly because I was, like, worried about what people thought. Because, like, at the time, there weren't, like, the big beauty boys. I mean, maybe they Mm -hmm. were, but they weren't as, like, mainstream as they are now. Um, And it was still very, like... I guess, taboo for, like, men in makeup. So I would just kind of, like, watch her videos. And then I, like, got into other people's videos and stuff as well. Like, learning the tricks, learning how to do things, learning about products. Like, what's foundation? Like, before (laughs) before watching her videos, I was, like, I would call it cover-up. And, like, you know, like, (laughs) those basic terms that people who don't know about makeup use, like, that that was me. That was literally me. And so it kind of started there. And then it just kind of, like, I started um, posting makeup-related content on Instagram you know, introducing myself to the community, met a bunch of people, and mm-hmm. it just kind of snowballed. And now I'm obsessed. I can't imagine <laughs> my life without it, as I'm sure you can't either. Amen. Yeah, no. And I am like the exact same way I found YouTube, like, like probably 12 years ago. And that was how I got into it. And same thing. I watched videos and I was like, yeah, I'll just keep this as like something I do when no one's around. And then here we are. Here mm-hmm. we are when I first discovered it, so my partner, he's the very much, he's an opposite of me, like complete opposite. He's very much like outdoorsy guy. Like he likes to go on hikes, very like work out in the woods and stuff. I don't even know what mm-hmm. he does. I just know I don't partake I in it. I see it on Instagram. I see it. I see <laughs> yeah, the yeah, hikes yeah. and I'm like, good for you. I yeah, love it for and, you. Yeah. And so like, even for him, like he was so amazed by just like the artistry behind it. And like, it, we both love like all the beauty YouTubers now. So it's just, it's interesting to like break down the walls of like, like what who who is beauty for you know what I mean it's like anybody can enjoy it all these like stereotypes and all these like societal norms that we've grown up with it's like girl 
you can enjoy this. Like, it's just, it goes to show you. That's that's what really opened my mind when, like, falling into it. Yeah. Yeah, when I was actually, when I was in high school, I had my own little YouTube channel, which was like, this is, you know, we're going back 12 years now. Makeup was not accepted for boys. It was, like, not a cool thing. YouTube was not a cool thing. And I used to get, like, bullied in the halls at school for, like, making YouTube videos. And I was like, and now people are out here being millionaires. So, I um, know. Well, and everyone should have stuck somewhere. <laughs> Exactly. Right. Exactly. So when did the idea for your own line come out? What kind of inspired you to take that next step? Honestly, it's been like, how much time do you have? Like, (laughs) it's been, it's been a long (laughs) journey. Yeah. So um, like, honestly, it it really first started when TikTok started blowing up, like, like closer to two years ago now. Like, um, I was just like scrolling on my FYP, following a lot of beauty related content And then I started stumbling upon like small business stuff because it was like getting really trendy back then, like people starting Mm -hmm. their own brands. And like, I never really thought like just a regular person would start their own business. You know what I mean? Like we're so conditioned to go to school, go to college, go to university, or just like work right out of school. And then, you know, you work for 40 years and you retire and never had it occurred to me to be like, Hey, like I can start my own business. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, so it always feels so like inaccessible. Mm-hmm. And that, that was a huge part for me too. Cause I was like, wait, how do you even do this? Like, isn't starting a business and like creating products only for like the really rich people that have like <laughs> ample resources and like, yes. you know what I mean? And yeah. it, it's not to say that that isn't true. Cause there, you still do require a lot of resources and privilege to do something like this. Mm-hmm. But I think what I learned is that it's a lot more attainable than some people think, you know right. what I mean? Yeah. So so I had stumbled upon like a few creators on TikTok that, you know, had started their own brands and they would like share their own tips. And then I, it really intrigued me. And I I looked to my partner and I was like, you know, like I really, really do enjoy makeup. Um, I wasn't so much in the freelance scene, much like you are, you know, like I don't have a makeup kit or anything. I was more so doing like work just on really close friends and things like that. Um, but I was like, how can I make this my job? Like, how can I make this my career? Um, so, TikTok was like a huge catalyst to like catapulting me into this, which I'm so incredibly thankful for. Um, It just kind of like showed me that, you know, by this is a boring answer, but like doing your research, really looking into things, just how attainable starting your own brand is with all the resources we have on the internet nowadays. um, That like, you don't always have to go to business school. Of course it will help. I'm not, I'm not telling people, (laughs) imagine don't go to school. (laughs) Yeah. No, but like the the amount of knowledge and resources like available on the internet nowadays is just it, it's gotten me to where I am. So um, that that kind of started it, and then obviously wanting to like work for myself. That's something that I think a lot of people are kind of opening their eyes to now since COVID. Just right. like everybody working from home, um, you know, a lot of employment isn't as what's the word I'm looking for? I guess stable as we thought. You know, with a pandemic, mm-hmm. everybody was out of work, so it's left me with a lot of time to like twiddle my thumbs and really think about like, can I do this? And um, yeah, I finally, I decided to start working on it, I guess probably about seven months ago. Um, And I launched a few months ago and it's been going really, really well so far. It's, it's incredible that you only started it seven months ago, but I'm sure that seven months feels like it's been 10 years because there's probably been trials and tribulations. I can only imagine. You don't even know. It's, it's, it feels like I've given birth because it's, it's it's all I think about. It's all I work on. And it's like, (laughs) don't get me wrong. I have loved every second. Like I never thought that I would look at work and be like, I'm enjoying this. Like 
there right. is obviously parts of it that are, you know, I'm, it's always a learning process. You're going to make more mistakes than, you know, successes and things like that. But mm-hmm. it has been such an enjoyable experience. It's just been absolutely wild. Now, have you experienced any bumps in the road, any obstacles based on being a boy in beauty, based on sexual identity, any of those, any of the above? Yeah, I mean... Uh, in the beginning, it was it was pretty invalidating, uh, just because you know, obviously back in like what was it like 2014, 2015, there weren't so many beauty boys in the beauty world, and I think that was probably the most invalidating part, um, just because obviously with society they group people into a binary. Obviously, you're either boys, right. you you play with trucks and like action figures, or yeah. you're a girl and you do makeup and play with you know bows and all that stuff. What a random yeah. example of those, but bows. you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I'm I like, do. I'm a girl, I'm going to play with bows, but you know what I, I mean? Love bows. Yeah. And it, it was, it was really invalidating because there was nobody around me doing it. Like I lived in the mm-hmm. suburbs um, and it's like all white straight people. So there wasn't anyone really around me to sort of validate my feelings and like, be like, no, like, that's amazing that you want to do that. It was more so just like, society had grouped me in this binary of being a boy and not being able to do it. Um, so that was a little bit challenging. I'm, I mean, I'm really fortunate that my partner and family have been super supportive. Um, like growing up, my mom never like, you know, forced me to play with action figures and stuff like that. Like I would right. always play with like Sailor Moon Barbies and like mm-hmm. Powerpuff Girls and stuff like that. So I did have a lot of support. So I'm incredibly privileged with, with, right. with the, the amount of support I've had. But um, yeah, the the one thing that was definitely really challenging was, you know, the societal norms that are placed on boys. Um, And I'm really grateful that I was able to overcome that much like the beauty community as a whole, like now it's, it's way more popular for men in beauty. Um, So that was, that was a big challenge. I do feel like you've launched at, you know, kind of the best time where there's, there is a lot more representation for queer people, boys in beauty, all of that. So mm. I think it's kind of the best time to launch where it's a little bit more acceptable. Mm-hmm. Whereas like five years ago right now, it might've been a little tougher and a little harder to kind of break through to people. So yeah, I think, I think, I think people wouldn't have been as like open to it. They'd be probably out of some curious, but yeah. I mean, if anything, like it's, it's really taught me to just be more fluid in, in my identity and stuff like that, because there, there are no rules, like societal norms, they're made up, gender norms, gender rules, they're, they're all made up. So it's like, it's really helped me like learn that and remember that and apply that to my everyday life. It's like, I'm such a preacher for like, do whatever the hell makes you happy, regardless of what society tells you. And like, I, I know like not as many people have the privilege that I have by being surrounded by such supportive people. Um, But I think as a community, if we start normalizing things like this, it's going to create a lot more space for people who might've thought like they didn't have space. You know what I mean? Yes. So that's been always nice to have the, the representation is always nice to someone younger sees you doing your thing and it, you know, kind of prompts them 10 years down the road. They're in the same place. Someone sees Mm -hmm. them. It's always about, and that kind of goes back to what you were saying about feeling invalidated, not having anyone to relate to around you. It's nice for, I mean, the internet has also been great for that. Is there's just so mm-hmm. much easier to access people and to see that there's there's lots of us, and it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of becoming obviously has become a lot more accepted. So yeah, um, it, well, and it, it funny you bring that up. Like I always think, like 
what if we had access to these resources or just like this oh amount of o- an open community when we were younger, it would just have mm-hmm. shaped who we are so differently. Like yeah. for, for myself, like I've been doing this or I've been interested in makeup for like the past five or so years. I've only really been like playing with it, doing it and stuff for like two and a half years now. And I'm looking back, I'm like, it like things could have been so different, you know? Totally. Oh, it's yeah. just yeah. wild. I feel as though if there had have been more representation, I wouldn't have been kind of bullied as mercilessly as I was at the time Mm -hmm. because I was kind of like the first anyone in my school had seen. And I also grew up in like a very small town. So, you know, that it is, it is what that is. So yeah, no, I think, I I think about that often, like where would, where would we all be if there had have been representation 10 years ago, but Mm -hmm. that's why we're here now. That's That's why people like you are here now. And also like, kudos to you for your youtube channel that shows how confident you were because in high school and stuff like that oh my god i i never would have because i was so terrified of people just like crucifying me yeah i don't know what it was i was like a very insecure child but i think it was almost me like portraying a level of confidence to try and show people that i didn't care Mm -hmm. but all i did was care like i got home from school and would like cry and like but then i would like wipe it all off, put on some makeup and like make a YouTube video in my mom's house, like mm-hmm. on the tiniest little digital camera. Um, <laughs> just, and I just would like, it was almost my like defense mechanism of trying to protect myself. And I, you know, if I have all this confidence, no one can tell me anything. Yeah, they did, but I still did it. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and like, not, I feel like this is a Nikki tutorials Stan podcast, but to bring her up, cause she, had, she was so yes. influential on not only myself, yeah. but I can only imagine so many people. Um, she's always talking about, you know, how makeup is therapy and it's so grounding. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, people who can say like, um, you know, oh, cake face, da, 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 da. it's like, no, it's an actual art form. And it's like so incredibly 100%. therapeutic. Like mm-hmm. I will, you know, if I'm going through a really rough time, I'll just push everything to the side and I'm like, you know what? I just need to paint my face and yeah. I play some music. I just take my time. And it is so therapeutic because there's nothing that grounds you more than just like being in the present focusing on something that you truly, truly enjoy. It's like literally an art form. You know, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's the same as if someone were to, you know, grab a canvas and start painting and that kind of helps them ground and stay calm. At the beginning of the pandemic, I don't normally do makeup on myself. Like it's kind of always been me doing it on other people. Mm-hmm. But at the beginning of the pandemic, when all of that was taken away and I was in a house by myself, I started doing makeup on myself and it started to become my like daily therapy. Like I would get up, you know, watch a little TV, like kind of chill, have a shower. And then every night I would go on Instagram live and I would do my makeup like just for fun. Um, And it started becoming that like moment of like, okay, I have this to look forward to because there was a good four months where I didn't have much to look forward to. So Mm -hmm. it gave me something. So yeah, it really is. It's therapeutic. It's grounding. It is an art form. It's, it's kind of everything. And I feel like it definitely gets discredited because it's just makeup. It's, it, it's, it's really makeup. affirming. Like, you know, if people are struggling with their identity and if it makes them feel a certain way, then all the power to them. I love that for them. Yeah. I, and I think it's really important to, with this community, like create a sense of support. And like, that's, I think what's so great about the internet now is because like people growing up now have access to so many people, so many connections and things like that. And, um, you know, it just brings me back to like, holy crap. I wish we had that, <laughs> but, exactly. but, we're, but we're fortunate to have it now. Definitely. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. 
I interrupt your regularly scheduled programming to bring you an announcement. We're doing a giveaway in this episode. That's right, Jean-Luc Cosmetics and I have teamed up and we are going to be giving one lucky listener the bundle of six Jean-Luc Cosmetics lipsticks, which you can actually see in the cover art display image of this episode. Now, the rules are quite simple. You're going to head on over to Instagram. You're going to follow both of us on there. So jlcosmetics.co and busybrainpodcast. Both of those will be linked down below in the description of this episode. We will both be making a post for this episode, and you will go ahead and like that post on both accounts. Tag your best friend. And for a little brownie point, you can share the post to your story and tag both of us. This giveaway will be open until July 21st, 2021, so one week after this episode goes up, we will be closing the giveaway. We will draw a name using a random auto generator, and we will ship those lipsticks out right away. This giveaway is open worldwide, so whether you're listening from Canada, the US, or another country, you are eligible to win. So go ahead and do those few little things, and good luck, Brainiacs! On the business side of things. I'd love to get some tips from you. You know, you said you were getting a lot from TikTok, but now that you have the personal experience, you've been doing it for some months now. Mm -hmm. I'd love to hear kind of three things that you would tell someone who's starting their own business or Mm -hmm. someone who's ever considered it three must-haves or must-dos. Yeah. I mean, God, there's so much. But like, (laughs) I mean, the first thing I'll say is like, you know, obviously if anybody's looking to pursue their own business, just go for it. Like, there's nothing holding you back now. I mean, of course, obviously you need to have access to funds to like fund your business, of course, because at the beginning, money's tight. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I'm still in the mm-hmm. beginning for like part of mine, but just, just go for it. Like there's, you have nothing but time. Like just, that's my number one tip is because I, when I was first thinking about it was probably last summer and I was thinking about it for like four to five months until I finally started working on it. And although that's not too, too long, I, I wish I would have just been more like, I wish I would have just done it right out the gate because it, it, it would have just been farther ahead than it is now. But right. that would be my first tip, but not tip because I, I have three that I actually want to talk about. Okay. Okay. We'll count that as a bonus. Yeah. But I mean, the, the first one is the boring answer, which everyone says. It's just obviously do your research. There is like such a long list of things that I was so naive to that I didn't know that went into a business. Like prior to going into it, obviously I knew I was like, this is going to be a lot of work. Like I'm going to be spending most of my evenings, if not all of my evenings working on this because I work nine Mm -hmm. to five. Um, So I was like, you know what? I got to set aside this time, make sure I can commit to it. But girl, let me tell you, there is so much more than I thought there would be, which is fine because I'm happy to do the work, but make sure you do your research on like every step kind of write out a, um, kind of like a set of goals just to make sure you're staying on track and things like that. Um, Like one of the biggest things for me was setting realistic timelines because with starting a business, learning how long like production of products makes packaging and stuff like we, you have no idea. Like I've never done it, you know, you know what I mean? So like setting realistic timelines for things, like I always add like a few weeks on top of something just in case, because there's Mm -hmm. delays especially if you're importing your products internationally, like you don't know the, the plane might, you know, be broken and they have to fix it. You know what I mean? Just anything. Yeah. Things that you wouldn't think of. And it depends if you send it by air or by boat and like boat takes longer, but it's cheaper. So just like being super realistic with your timelines, like give yourself more time than you think you'll need. Um, right. Just because there's so many unexpected like things that come up. That's what I've learned yeah. in my process 
for sure. Um, yeah. And and in doing that, one of the biggest things, not not so much that I struggled with, I was really good about this, but I was struggling during it, was like not telling anyone. Because yes. the second you tell someone you're doing something, and for example, if you fail or it doesn't go the way that you had planned, mm-hmm. it it can really create a lot of embarrassment for you. Or at least for me, like I would be mortified if I was like, hey, I'm doing this big thing and then it fails in front of everyone. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. like, you want to keep your cards really close. Not not so much because, you know, you don't want to care what other people think, obviously, because you are really vulnerable when you're starting your own brand and posting about it on the internet. But you just want to keep everything to yourself because like with the creative process, as I mentioned, things can take a lot longer. You don't want to set unrealistic expectations and it's just better to work in silence. And then when it's done, present it because it creates a sense of like effortlessness. Is that a word? Effortlessness? Effortless. It it makes it look really effortless. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it it makes it look really effortless and just more polished. And it gives it that more of like the high end side as opposed to like, you know, for example, if five months ago I posted like, hey, I'm starting my own brand. And then by the time I was ready to launch, people would have already moved on. The hype is gone. You know what I mean? So that, that is kind of like another thing. And I'm so sorry. I'm still in my first point I'm noticing, but I, there's so many parts to like doing your research. Um, And with, with the timeline thing, one of the best tips that I've heard, it was actually from this girl named Erin Dubbs. She runs um, a Zerfit here in Toronto. It's like an athletics apparel brand. Yes. I've actually heard of it. Yeah. 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 So she had mentioned, I think it was on her TikTok or Instagram, wherever it was, she um, had shared this quote, which I think that she came up with, but it was um, perfect is good, but done is better. Meaning like it's, it's never going to be perfect. Just done is better. So, so I've kind of held that really close to me because in the creative process, like you can have 5 million thoughts and, you know, you can have your final product, whether it's like the branding aspect, like a graphic you're working on, or just like the packaging itself. And then you can tweak it 5 million times, but you're never going to be done. You know what I mean? So I, I, I think that that's a really important thing to remember is because once you start, you're going to grow so much. Like I'm, I'm assuming next year or a year later or whatever, I'm going to look back at my packaging and be like, what the heck was I thinking? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's something that we all experience. So that is probably one of the biggest parts of starting a brand that I've realized. Um, you're you're going to look back at your old stuff and be like, what the heck was I thinking? But yeah. it was done and it worked and you're just going to grow. So that is something that I think everybody really needs to, you know, keep in mind. Don't be too hard on yourself because yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then another, so moving on to my second tip, that was kind of like a really long winded, do your research <laughs> kind of thing, yeah. but it's informative um, and it's good. It's necessary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another thing that I actually randomly thought of and it worked out really well for me and I'm sure so many people do this, but, um, of course, when you're starting your brand, whether it's cosmetics related, whether it's apparel related, you're obviously going to have people in the same like niche as you. So they're appealing to the same customer. Um, and, you know, I, I guess you can refer to them as your competitors. So you're going to want to look to see how they're marketing themselves to their audiences. And obviously, like, don't copy. Like, copying is the worst thing you can do because that's when you get the cease and desist yep. girl and nobody exactly. wants <laughs> nobody, nobody wants, wants one that. of those. No, but definitely, like, see how they're, you know, um, marketing themselves to their customer because you're probably going to have the same customer and sort of put your own twist on it, like make it your own and things like that. So 
one of the main ways that I learned to do that was by subscribing to their um, like email newsletters. You know, when you go to a website and it's like, sign up for 10% off. Um, yes. Yeah. So I, I did that for a lot and not to copy the content in their emails, but more so to see like, how frequently are they sending them? Um, what are they including in them? Are they including discount codes or are they including like really high definition photos with like small text? Like just to kind of get a bit of a better understanding of how they're appealing to their customers because their customers are my customers too. You know what I mean? Right. So that was really, really helpful for my, I guess, branding aspect and marketing aspect because I quite frankly, don't have any experience in it. Everything I've learned has been through YouTube and TikTok and just like networking and things like that. Um, so that was that was a really, really helpful tip that I never thought of that hopefully will help other people. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. that makes a lot of sense to me. I'm like... The last thing is, it, I guess it kind of ties in with the, the second point that I brought up. Um, I was really fortunate that I was able to hire um, a graphic designer to help me with my packaging just because I'm not really knowledgeable with Photoshop and like different file types. I've since learned a lot, which I'm super, super happy about and really grateful for. Um, but he had actually mentioned, cause he's a really experienced graphic designer specifically with like packaging for brands and things like that. Um, so this was, I, I, it wasn't before COVID because we physically went into a Sephora, but I think it was when restrictions were down and then the cases went up and then they closed back up. But right. um, we actually went into a Sephora, like physically went into a Sephora and did like product research on like packaging and things like that. So for example, I knew that I wanted to launch six lipsticks because like as a new brand, you're, you're not going to launch 40 foundation shades. You're not going to launch totally. 12 bronzer shades. You know what I mean? Like with lipsticks, you can do as many colors as you want and they're going to fit so many different people, so many different skin tones. It's just a, a, a bit safer of an option than launching 40 different shades when you're a yes. small brand. Um, so we went in to just kind of see like what packaging was out there. What did all of the lipsticks look like? And like, generally speaking, most of the lipsticks were very sleek, black packaging. Like, um, the, the top part with the brush was like black with like a clear color or with clear plastic. So you can obviously see the shade inside. And, um, one specifically that really stood out to me was milk makeup. As we know, milk, mm -hmm. it's very white, very polished, very clean. And I had wanted to like really stand out, obviously, because as a small indie brand, you, you have to stand out, obviously, because people trust the bigger brands. They're already purchasing from them like for years and years and years. And it's like, right. if you're going to stand out and really make yourself known, it's like you have to do something different. Um, and with the lipstick packaging, there's only so much you can do. You know what I mean? Like in terms of colors, you don't want to have bright orange lipstick tubes because that might not be as aesthetically pleasing but you want to kind of follow what the brands are doing, but stand out in your own way. Um, and to me, like Milk Makeup with their white packaging really did that. So I was like, I kind of want to use or incorporate white and like a pastel pink into my packaging because those were kind of like my brand colors. Um, and that really helped me like make decisions in, in terms of my packaging and stuff like that. By no means did I copy them. I just kind of used their sort of aesthetic as inspiration because I was really drawn to the white. It, it made it feel really clean, very expensive and luxe, while also like standing out from the majority of other brands. So mm -hmm. that was really helpful. And I think that also applies to like any sort of, um, uh, like whether it's apparel, whether you're launching literally anything, like always kind of look at the other types of products that are in the market and then 
try to make room for your brand in, in your own way, you know? Right. So that was really helpful. So those would be kind of like my three tips, very long winded, but those would be the best three tips that I've learned on my journey. Right. Kind of almost creating your own lane in comparison to, especially now there's a million makeup brands. So Mm -hmm. you kind of have to like find that, that niche. Now, where, where do you see the brand? You know, the question I have written here says five years, there's no timeline. Where do you Mm -hmm. see the brand? What do you, what's your hope for the brand? Honestly, like I'm being super realistic with myself. I don't want to like get my hopes up and then be like super disappointed. Um, I've kind of set like a two year time frame for myself in terms of growing my brand. Like ideally in two years, I can pursue this full time depending on how things are going, obviously. Um, but right now I'm just really focused on getting some launches out. Um, you know, it's just myself. I have my partner who helps with a lot of the computer work and stuff, but all the creative aspect and stuff like that, like I deal with that all myself. So it, it takes a bit longer cause I'm one person. Um, so right now I'm just, I'm really focused on just getting launches out, products out. Like right now, um, I have my next collection in production right now. Um, exciting. I know it's been, oh, oh my God, it's been so much work, but I'm really, really excited. Um, so I'm waiting for that to be done. Hopefully, um, have my goal is to have that launched before the end of August, but again, with production Ooh. delays, yes. shipping, yeah. who, who knows? Um, so for the next year, I'm just going to be focusing on that, rolling out some collections as often as I can, but not too quickly. Cause I want to make sure they're really good. Right. Um, and then hopefully depending how it goes, um, I want to reach out to some, um, like ad agencies to run my Facebook ads, Instagram ads and things like that. Like, um, a lot of people do that themselves, but I just don't have the time to learn it. Like it, yeah. people go to school for that. It is so incredibly complex. Mm-hmm. If I'm fortunate enough to have the funds to hire people to do that, 1 million percent, I'm going to do that. So that's kind of, I guess my goals that I have right now is grow organically, which has been so amazing. I've had so many supportive people, including yourself, like that have just been so, so great to me. Um, so that's kind of my goal for the next year, like rolling out these launches, growing by word of mouth. And then if that all goes well, um, I will then start rolling out the Facebook ads and all the digital ads and hopefully right. grow even more. <laughs> so exactly. Yeah. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you said there's a new collection in, in production. I'm not going to pry too much. Can, can I get a hit? Can we yeah. get something? Um, I mean, let, how, can, how can I hint at this without saying Straight it? up giving it away. Yeah. Hmm. I want, maybe I want to be really cryptic. Maybe I'll be say cryptic. the collection is everything. Hmm. Okay. I got, why did I get goosebumps? I don't know. I I kind of did. I'm like, hmm, what can I come up with? But it will all make sense in due time. I promise you. Just the collection is everything, mama. It's just everything. I'm so excited. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you for the little cryptic hint. I'm very excited. Um, And you can look for that end of August, but we're not going to put a date on it because as we said, you never know. Mm -hmm. Thank you for listening to the Busy Brain Podcast. Thank you, Jean-Luc, for joining me today. Um, tell the folks where they can find you on Instagram, find your brand, website, all of the above. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. This was literally so fun. Thank you. Podcasts, I, I always get so nervous, but they're, they're literally so fun. So thank you so I much. Know. But everybody, you can find my brand on Instagram and TikTok at 
jlcosmetics.co.co.com um, was taken. Someone already has that uh, yeah. website. So um, I was like, nope, can't do that. <laughs> so definitely yeah. .co. And then my website is www.jlcosmetics.co. Go and check us out. <laughs> You can join me every Thursday as I pick the brain of a new guest to answer my own questions and let you in on some secrets along the way. You can follow us at Busy Brain Podcast on Instagram to be a part of polls and Q&As for future episodes. You can also check us out on all major podcast streaming platforms and leave us a little review on the Apple Podcast app. See you next time, Brainiacs.